Welcome to the 80s and 90s Uncensored, the podcast about the 80s and 90s. I am Milo Dennison. And I'm Jamie Fenderson. And today we're doing a wheel spin. All right, here we go. Ready? I got the ears up. Here we go. Ooh, 1987. 1987, okay. Of course. See, I think what's this wheel really thing randomly is going to be like, you guys are going to just pretty much do most of the 80s first, and then, <laughs> yeah. then you're going to do the 90s, because that's how it is. That's what the wheel's chosen for us. All right. Here's the most important part, though. The subject, the topic, that's going to be the big, that's the big deal right here. Okay. Hey, no movies, no movies, no movies. Television. Television. Hey, good. That works. Okay. I can deal with that. 1987 television. And then we're going to do, we get to choose. So we can do a list of four retrospective case stuff. We get to choose what we want to do for television of 1987. All right. We will see you in the future. Yeah. And we're back. So today we're, we're, um, we're doing TV shows that debuted in 1987. Not just they were around, but they actually debuted that year. Because uh, there are a lot of good shows that debuted in 1987. So it turns out. So we found out in our little research here. Yeah, totally. We're doing four. Yep. I have four and you have four. Mm-hmm. And then we're going we're gonna to talk about them. And, and so do, do you want to rock your show? Okay. Well, the first one I'm going to start with is Max Headroom. What's interesting about Max Headroom is it only ran for like two seasons, so it wasn't even on that long, but it turns out it actually started in the UK. It was actually like a British show, and then it turned into a a host for music television, not MTV, but the British version of it, and then it got turned into a US TV show, so it went actually through all these iterations before it did its two years as a TV show. And so for those who don't remember or haven't seen the uh, Coke classic or Coke, new Coke commercials, because he was also the spokesman for new Coke. It's a computer head guy played by Matt Frerer. And he kind of does this like talky thing every time he talks and he's just kind of obnoxious. Yeah. Like he's kind of gets hung up on himself sometimes. Like, yeah, exactly. He glitches. Yeah. He glitches. And what's interesting in the show is basically based is Matt Frayer plays a reporter in kind of a post-apocalyptic, well, it's not post-apocalyptic, in a futuristic world where like TV rules everything. In an accident, he gets scanned and his consciousness gets put into a computer, which becomes Matt's headroom. What I didn't realize until doing the research on this, though, it's not computer generated. It's him in a prosthetic mask in front of a green screen doing it. The, what? the Yeah, the glitchiness is in the editing, so they edit it to glitch, but him actually talking is just him in front of a green screen with uh, prosthetics on his face and funky lighting. Is, is that true? Yeah, and it makes sense because if you think about it, think about computer technology in 1987. Like the, the technology just wasn't there at that time. Yeah, I was that. about to say, like, it was really advanced computer generated animation for its day. <laughs> but no wonder because it wasn't. Exactly. <laughs> oh, dude, you you just totally busted my my what I thought was real. All this time you thought of it as 
being legitimately computer generated. And it turns out it wasn't. Wow. That, well, I learned something. I'm, I'm disappointed, but it's better to know the truth. <laughs> you spilling your wine, bro. <laughs> yes, that's exactly what I did as I spilled my wine. Well, I caught it in mid spill, so I didn't spill all of it. I just spilled most of it. Oh, that's alcohol abuse, bro. I know. You know, you'd think I'd learn because I've spilled water. Yeah, wine. like every other episode, you seem to be spilling your wine. I constantly spill it. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, man. This is my, my Max Hedrum. Television. Sit back. Relax. And enjoy. My, my Max Hedrum. Done. Done. You were saying? No, I was just saying how disappointed I was that he wasn't actually computer generated. Yeah. Max Hedrum is a fraud. Uh, I thought he was. He looks like he, he was. But you're right. The, 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 the technology just didn't exist. Um, so I don't I thought it was just ahead of its time. But turns out it's just a big just a big lie. My life is a lie. We were all lied to. Yeah. My, my first uh, TV show is, is a TV show that I just adore. Um, and it's Star Trek, the next generation. I just love, I loved it. Like I was one of those, I was that kid in galaxy quest. I, I was that kid. Like I had the uniform and I wore it around and I have, you, you saw my room has all the, the, the action figures and it's all the Star Trek stuff. And I just, I just loved that show. Um, and that debuted in 1987 and I, and I loved it. It was adventure every week um, with the starship people and uh, had a lot of really good, like, especially male, you know, role models that you could kind of look up to um, like a single mom family. It's like you know, Picard is like moral guy. And, and you have all these like really strong male characters that you can kind of look up to. And I just, I adored the show and I adore it today. And that debuted in 1987. Although the first two seasons probably are they there's a couple of gems there's a couple of diamonds in the rough but the first two seasons were pretty forgettable like it when anybody asks if they you know hey i'm gonna rewatch star trek next generation i give them a handful of episodes from the first two seasons i'm like yeah skip the rest um so when it debuted um it wasn't that great and even patrick stewart he was living out of a suitcase because he's like, yeah, I'm going to go back. I'm going to, I'm going to back to England because this is going to flop and it could have, but they really made a third season came out blazing. Interesting fact. Do you know, Wesley Snipes was originally going to play Jordy LaForge. No, I didn't know that. Yeah. Wesley Snipes going to play Jordy. Did he turn it down or did they, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know a lot of the details, but Mm -hmm. I just know that he was, he was on point um, to originally. Or he was gonna play, but it didn't work out. Luckily, we got Lavar Burton because Lavar is the bomb. Yeah, totally. I think that was the better choice. I mean, I like Wesley Snipes, but I can't picture him playing. Well, Lavar Burton has got the kind of the. I mean, because Jordy LaForge is kind of a space nerd. Exactly. So Lavar Burton has got that space nerd thing going on. Exactly. Anybody that I mean, like you know promotes reading, you know, for his entire <laughs> career, like clearly yeah. is a bit of a nerd. Yeah. <laughs> So he's, he's, he's the, he's the OG space nerd. So I'm glad it worked out, but I love that show. I've got the action figures. I've got, I got a little transport. I put my little action figures in and I just love that show. And I rewatch it all the time. I've seen every episode, maybe at least a dozen times. I do the same thing. Sometimes I'll just be bored and I'm like, you know, I'm just going to throw on a TNG episode and you know. Yeah. Cause you could never go wrong. 
what it's such a great show and you're right it it's good that they stuck it out too and didn't just give up after the first couple of seasons that that you know and they were like okay no let's get this right because i mean because of that show i mean we have deep bore nine we have uh voyager we have basically everything that's come since is probably because of that show because they said oh yeah this shit works we can make it yeah. happen well, and you had a lot of other sci-fi shows in the 90s and beyond, yeah. I think. And I think it was hugely um, influential because people are like, yeah, this this kind of sci-fi thing can, can really work on television. Mm-hmm. And so you got a lot of shows as a result of that. Uh, good call. Good call. Good one. All right. I'm going to go for some cartoons with my next one and go DuckTales. Woo-hoo. <laughs> DuckTales. Woo. So this is that 1987 cartoon. They've, you know, redone it a dozen times since then. But it's interesting because this was so much fun to watch. I remember watching this as a kid and like you had Uncle Scrooge, you had the the boys. They were going on on adventures with Launchpad McQuack, who was kind of this goofy pilot guy. And it just it, it had this dream adventure, Indiana Jones feel to it. And I think that's what made made it fun to watch. And I didn't realize this. So this series, Disney invested more money into this than any other animated series prior to it. And they did it for the purpose of syndicating it. So each episode cost $275,000 to produce in 1987. So it was a massive amount of money back then. Wow. Yeah. You know, that led also to other great shows like Chippendale's Rescue Rangers, Darkwing Duck, Tailspin, which was also a good one. But this is another one of those cartoons that I'll I'll still, if it's on, like if I'm 30 and I'm flipping through a channel, not that I ever see it anywhere, but if I did, I'd absolutely watch it because Scrooge swimming in his pile of money and just the adventures that they went on. It was, it was a lot of fun. Yeah. That was a really fun cartoon. And and like you said, it's watchable now as adults. Like it's just a f- fun adventure cartoon. And I always loved like when he swam in his gold pool, like his swim pool full of gold. And I always wondered how he did that because because <laughs> it's technically impossible. <laughs> because like you just kind of like flop on it, but not him because he's got like some special money power. And he was so stingy, dude. <laughs> and it's kind of interesting that they chose Scrooge and the three nephews as like the main characters and kind of like Donald showed up as a, like a guest star every now and then. But I always thought it was kind of interesting. Like, why would you choose Scrooge and the nephews? But it worked. It totally worked. Yeah. yeah it was a good combination. Well, they were going to have Donald in it more. I found out during the research, but they were worried that too much focus would be on Donald because he's the most famous out of all of them. And so that's why they only had him in a few episodes. And they had, that's why they had Launchpad McQuack in there to kind of take the place of Donald. That's cool. Yeah. That's a great show. It's a lot of fun. And, you know, if you have kids, listeners, let your kids watch DuckTales. It's a lot of fun. It's a good one for kids and watch it with them. Yeah. Watch it with them because you'll like it. Mm -hmm. Uh, Speaking of cartoons, another cartoon debuted in 1987 and that was uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. And that's another one I loved. Yeah. I had their action figures. I don't, I haven't, I don't have them now. I don't know where they went, but I had all their action figures too. And, and that was, that, that was based on a comic book, which was a lot different from the actual cartoon, but it was a lot of fun. It's uh, the four turtles and they get, um, they get oozed by some radioactive ooze become like human turtles. And the rat is a sensei and he teaches them how to be ninjas. 
And then there's the Shredder and the Bebop and Rocksteady. They got all these enemies. They got they got a fight. You know, they befriend April. It it came on in the afternoons, I think. So that was one of my highlights coming home from school was Ninja Turtle time, right? Yeah, I remember that too. Coming home from school and you're like, okay, am I home in time for Ninja Turtles? Especially you don't even like school. If you don't like school, and you, but you have to go. But then you get, you're like, oh man, that was a hard day at a place I hate. But I got Ninja Turtles. I even had a turtle as a pet um, because of that show. And I, I originally named it Leonardo because that was my favorite Ninja Turtle. But it turns out it was a girl, so I named it Leonardette. But did you know there was a huge, um, like, uh, invasive species problem at the end of the 80s and throughout the 90s? Because everybody, all the kids wanted to get this kind of turtle. There was, like, a huge 300% increase in the sales of these turtles. But a lot of kids, they didn't want to actually take care of it, so they let it go. And it caused like a huge crisis, actually, ecological crisis, because these turtles were like bigger and more aggressive. So they were like laying waste to the native turtle population. <laughs> Did you know that? There's a fun fact. Yeah. I took care of my turtle and it was long lived. I had it for a few years. They're called red eared slider turtles. Okay. But I wasn't a schlub. I took care of my turtle. I didn't just release it into the wild to devastate the, the ecology of my, my homeland. That was a great show, man. That was a lot of adventure, like a highlight to an afternoon after after school for sure. Every, the turtles were huge back then. Huge. Well, they're still pretty huge. But the video game too. I, mean, I had the Nintendo video game. The it was the side scroller one. Spent hours and hours playing that one. That was a super yeah. fun game. They came out with the other one where you're fighting and stuff. Yeah, the Ninja Turtle games were amazing. Yeah, they did a good job because a lot of times when they do games based on cartoons or other stuff, they usually suck. Yeah, they, they were good. But yeah, Ninja Turtles were big. I, I think maybe they're still around now, but back then they were at their peak. All right. Next on my list, I'm going to get a little serious with a tour of duty in Vietnam. So tour of duty lasted three seasons and it followed an army platoon serving in Vietnam. And uh, the reason why this is a very memorable show is the opening theme song was Painted Black by the Rolling Stones, which is kind of like the quintessential Vietnam war song. And uh, it, 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 it's another thing, too, that was really good about it is the quality of the show, because, you know, sometimes when they do shows that take place in different countries or take a serious subject like Vietnam, it, you know, the quality can be kind of shitty. Like you can kind of sometimes tell it's shot in California or that kind of stuff. So they did a good job with the, the overall quality. Like they had Huey helicopters coming in every once in a while and doing landings. And, and it just kind of had a lot of really good stories to it and stuff. Um, it, they filmed the first season in Hawaii, actually. And then after that, they filmed it on the same set in California that they filmed MASH on. So they moved to California for the second and third season and uh, filmed it where they filmed MASH, which was kind of interesting little piece of trivia there. And it turns out, so if you do watch the show now, you might not see a lot of the original music that was used, including the Painted Black theme song, because of the royalties. So keeping the royalties for a lot of the music that they used, they weren't able to pay for it and that kind of stuff. And a lot of them weren't licensed for different you know, platforms. And so they've changed a lot of music in the, in the series. If you watch it now. Wow. Yeah. I don't remember that show at all. So I'm, I'm, I'm excited to look it up, but 
it'd be kind of a bummer if I didn't get to see it with the original music. Yeah, I mean, if you watch it and it's got Painted Black by the Rolling Stones as the opening credit song, uh-huh. and it's probably the original. You know, it's probably a good copy of the one. I'll get like the bootleg shiznit. Exactly. Find a bootleg. Yeah, man, this is the good stuff. This is original songs, man. Don't tell anybody. FBI's on my case. <laughs> yeah, it's good. It's well, it's well made. It's it's got a good seriousness to it, uh, and you know, kind of treats the whole thing respectfully. I think, uh, which is interesting as well. You know, dealing with a lot of the problems that you know back then, coming home during the war and how soldiers are treated then and that kind of stuff. And those kind of moral dilemmas that you sometimes have to deal with in those situations. Yeah. I have to check that one out. My, my next show is full house, which debuted in 1987. And I'm a fan, actually, I'll admit it. I'm not like a super fan. Cause I, I'm not like, I'm going to watch fuller house on Netflix, but I'm a fan. I liked it. I think the reason is, you know, I, I, I got the single mom, I had the single mom family going on. So having like a dad and then two uncles, one was, one of them's cool. One of them's like comedian guy. That's kind of nice. I wish I had male figures in my life that were like that. <laughs> right. Yeah. And then I had a brother and I didn't even really like him that much. And I, but I didn't have any sisters, but this house had like five sisters or some, some, something crazy is like full of sisters. So I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. Have some cool sisters like that. So I, I liked it just because, again, like a lot of sitcoms, like their, their life was way better than mine. <laughs> you know what I mean? And it's pretty cheesy. The joke's pretty cheesy, but I don't know, man. It, it's pretty wholesome and, and, and stuff. And that debuted in 1987. Interesting fact. Do you know Dave Collier, uh, the guy who played Uncle Joey, the comedian guy? He, do you know who he dated? Jennifer Aniston. No, he dated uh, Alanis Morissette. And they, he actually claims uh, that her song, you, you ought to know from, from her album, Jagged Little Pill, is, is about him. He claims that. <laughs> cool. And she doesn't deny it. Well, maybe it is then. I love these podcasts because I find out stupid little goofy things that you didn't know. And now I know. So that's cool, right? <laughs> Yeah. Like, like when you're, when you're hanging out and people are like, Hey, tell us some interesting fact that, you know, you could be like, well, Dave Collier dated Alanis Morissette and he claims her, that song you ought to know is about him. And then they'll be and, like, who's David Collier. And I'll be like, <laughs> you know, the guy from full house. And they'll be like, Uncle Oh Joey. yeah, that guy. Yeah. yeah Uncle Joey, the comedian guy. Yeah. But then, I mean, that's how I get my dates, man. Girl come up to me. I'll be like, what's up? Do you know David Coyer dated Alanis Morissette? She's like, what? Let's go out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I was never a huge fan of that show. I mean, I, I watched, would watch it on occasion, you know, because if you're at home and it's on and it's kind of like, okay, yeah, I'll watch it. But it was even a little too corny for me at times. But it, the show was huge. And oh, yeah. the, the Olsen twins, I mean, come on, their career just they they they're in bank money, you know. So, props to everybody involved in that show. They went on to make their own movies, those twins. But you know, the middle child, the one who played like what was her name, Stephanie or something, the actress, she ended up like becoming like addicted to drugs and had real big problems, like meth and all this. And and it was actually the the cast uh, stage an intervention, oh. the cast of the show. 
That's yeah. nice that they're that. That's cool. So see, they're, they're family, not only on camera, but off camera too. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if the cast of full house is listening. Like if you want to adopt like kind of a gag man, <laughs> if you need another uncle, like, hook, hook me up. <laughs> uncle Jamie. Up, man. Uncle Jamie. <laughs> <laughs> So my last one is going to be 21 Jump Street. This show was huge. All the girls had pictures of Johnny Depp posted in their bedroom walls, like the cutouts from the magazines, you know? Yeah. Like everybody loved him back then. Uh, Yeah, the show was on for five seasons. So, you know, a decent runtime, but just everybody watched that show. And like the girls were in love with Johnny Depp. And, and Richard Grieco too, right? Wasn't yeah, he on that show? He did. He was. He didn't show up until the third season. Oh. So what was interesting about Richard Grieco is, yeah, he showed up in the third season and he actually was supposed to be killed off apparently, but then they kind of spun him off into his own show. But uh, yeah. And then, then he kind of took over because Johnny Depp, it turns out, didn't like doing the show. He kind of took it because uh, he needed a job at the time, but he was really focused on his movie career. And he would occasionally have to turn down movie roles because of 21 Jump Street. He would often intentionally kind of perform you know, lifelessly because he just was like, I don't fucking want to be here. I don't care. <laughs> he would you know, occasionally change lines just because he's like, fuck, this sucks kind of stuff. So it was like anything to kind of get out of doing it. And he eventually actually was released from his contract and uh, left the show after four seasons. So that's why you had the kind of Richard Grieco taking over. But it's kind of funny because I do remember there's this huge like Richard Grieco versus Johnny Depp, like who's the sexiest kind of thing between the two of them and that kind of stuff. So that was interesting. Yeah, that was a big show, man. It was pretty cool too because they were a cops, right? Yeah. But they, they go undercover in the high school because they're young cops. Which so turns can- out was a real thing in Los Angeles. Really? Yeah. Based on like young cops who could pass as teenagers go to go to the high schools. Yeah. Wow. That's cool. I could have done that, man. I looked like I was 16 when I was like 20, 21. People constantly thought I was underage. Yeah, dude. Hey, you could probably do it now. Maybe I don't think I can get away with it now, but definitely (laughs) back in that day, back when I was like 18, 19, I could. Yeah. That's a huge, that's a big show. That's a lot of fun though. That show. That's, that's, I think that's a rewatchable one for sure. They did two movies, but of course the movies are kind of comedic versus the seriousness of the show, because that's what they do with a lot of these movies of old shows. They're like, instead of being serious, like the show was, let's turn it into a kind of cheesy comedy. Yeah. I didn't see them, but I didn't either. (laughs) It shows you how much we care about that. I one one last interesting fact about this show. It's never mentioned in the show. And I would have thought it was like based in LA or something like that. Uh-huh. Actually takes place in the state of Washington. Really? Yeah. Or does it take, is it like, like it's filmed in Washington or it takes place in Washington? In Washington like state. Set. It's not filmed in Washington. It was filmed in uh, Vancouver actually, but uh, they, the, the, whatever city that this takes place in or, you know, wherever they, the, the police is, it's in mm-hmm. Washington state, according to the little trivia item that I looked up. Really? Do you know where? It's probably like Tuck Willer or something. <laughs> like the, <laughs> probably, like, it's uh, probably like South, like White Center. 
<laughs> like where in Washington don't know that we got this kind of stuff? Oh yeah. Tuck if you Willa. go south of like south of Seattle, that's that's like the hood. <laughs> Tuckwilla, yeah, definitely Tuckwilla, dude. SeaTac or something. <laughs> yeah, we're laughing, but everybody's like, everybody, all our other all listeners, the are, listeners are like, "Fuck you guys." Yeah, I'm not listening anymore. <laughs> <laughs> show sucks. I didn't know it was Washington. I, I, so it, it never said it on the show. It never said it on the show, but there's a license plate in one of the places there that says from beautiful evergreen state. Um, and so I guess there's a couple little hints within the office that imply that it takes place in Washington state. I'm thinking the tri cities, maybe. <laughs> maybe it's Spokompton where you're from. Could be. Maybe. Yeah. Spokane. <laughs> maybe, maybe you went to school with some undercover cops in Spokane, dude. Might've and didn't even know it. Yeah. <laughs> My last one is, it was an interesting show because it was kind of the first of its kind, really. It's called Married with Children. And <laughs> it wasn't like your normal sitcom, you know, the wholesome family thing, like the full house. It's about a guy who works at a shoe store. He basically doesn't like his wife or kids. He just wants to go back to the glory days when he played high school football. And a lot of it's just him, he and his family just completely insulting each other. Like the whole, the whole episode is just them getting in just insulting each other so it was a lot uh it was a lot different from other shows i think it was kind of controversial too because a lot of family values people are like oh this isn't this isn't good this isn't family values uh but it's it's pretty funny al bundy is like a icon he's just he's he's the best this was fox fox's first primetime show um, and it, it started on April 5th, 1987. Not only that, it's also the long, the, it was their longest running live action show. So you take the Simpsons away, you just say live action. It was their first show and their lo- longest running, longest running show. There's a little, a little something, something about, about uh, married with children. I'm actually rewatching a lot of this. I did an article on the, on the homepage about five you know, TV bars you can hang out at if you're just locked up or whatever. And one of them is the Jiggly Room, which is where the No Ma'am Club, so Al Bundy and the No Ma'am Club would go. It's a sports bar slash strip joint. And I think that's amazing. I wish they had a Jiggly Room in my town. It sounds yeah, awesome. Cool. I'd hang out at the Jiggly Room. Heck yeah, dude. You could come back. We could go like hang out at the Jiggly Room. Like where you we could watch sports and, and like watch strippers. And <laughs> that sounds like a good time. <laughs> yeah. Yep. And, yeah. and the wives are always complaining to hang out there too much. Well, like, that would well, be mine. She'd be like, where are you going? I'm like, I'm going to the Jiggly Room with Jamie. She'd be like, you always go to the Jiggly Room. Like, yep. yeah. No women allowed. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. And she'd be like, why doesn't Jamie get a girlfriend or something? Because he's just a single guy. He's always at the Jiggly Room. He's got a cot upstairs or something there because he's just always at the jiggly got, room. He got a room for it. <laughs> yeah, but that's a good show. Um, it's just a lot of fun. And and Christina Applegate, I had definitely had a crush on. I mean, I don't think anybody didn't. Oh yeah, I'll have a crush on crush Christina on Applegate. Totally. And he worked at a shoe store, right? But and and he had a stay at home wife because she didn't want to work. She just like watched TV and eat bonbons. But they had a, like a two story house. And he's selling herbs for a living. Like, where does money come from? <laughs> 1987 is pretty nice. You know, yeah. you just work at a shoe store. You could still afford a two a two-story house in the burbs and have your wife stay at home. 
I don't, I don't think that can happen nowadays. I don't think it could have happened then, but you never know. (laughs) Maybe not, but they must've lived in the hood or something, man. They must've lived in the, like the bad part of Chicago. Like, but it seemed like a nice hood. I don't know, man. I wish I could sell shoes and afford a two story house like that. (laughs) I wouldn't even be trying to like succeed. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that was a good one. It it was the anti-sitcom, and that's what made it so cool to watch. And they had some great guests on it every once in a while. Like, I remember Sam Sam Kinison was on there. Yep. Uh, There were a few other people, and you're just like, yeah, it it was a fun show to watch. And that's on Hulu. I'm actually watching it nowadays. Just I'm doing rewatches of old shows. All right, 80s and 90s Uncensored listeners, it's that time, time for us to end the show. So go over to our website, the80sand90s.com forward slash shop. We've got some sweet ass gear or swag if you prefer. Cool t-shirts, fun stuff like that to check out. And we will just leave it with that by saying we are out of here. Like the U.S. military was after a tour of duty in Vietnam. You have brought it back to one of the shows. (laughs) Ha, 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 ha.